name is Emily Hines and I attend Houston City Council meetings and I take notes and now I am sharing those notes with you. Today's notes are from the council meeting on September 27th, 2023. First up, there was a public hearing and a vote on the new tax rate, which is really exciting stuff and I know it sounds like I'm being sarcastic, but I'm not. Today's public hearing regarded the new proposed property tax rate. Can't talk about the tax rate without talking about the revenue cap, and I highly recommend learning more about this in general because it's complicated as hell and really important. Briefly, today, because of the revenue cap, the city is lowering the property tax rate from 0.53 cents per taxable $100 to 0.519 cents. There was only one public speaker who complained the city wasn't doing enough to spread the word about the proposed property tax change. Mayor Turner then complained about the revenue cap and gave examples of how much money the city has missed out on and will miss out on in the future. He explained that the city's property tax rate is actually lower now than when the revenue cap was enacted in 2015, even though expenses and Houston's population have both increased. Councilmember Martin complained about the state imposing revenue caps on cities, but its lack of action to curb actual property tax appraisals. He encouraged people to get involved with school boards, even if just by voting, because that is where the majority of our property tax goes. After the public hearing, the new property tax rate of 0.519190 was approved. Councilmembers Peck, Huffman, Knox, and Kubosh all voted no, even though it was lowering confusing stuff. Next up, a very brief mayor's report. Houston Travel Fest starts Friday at the George R. Brown Convention Center. TSU Homecoming is on Saturday. The parade starts at 9 a.m. Councilmember Cisneros was absent today. Her mother passed away yesterday evening and many condolences were shared. Now I'll go over some selected agenda items. Item nine approved 59,000 to renew Adobe Creative Cloud licenses for the library system. Item 10 approved $2.4 million for 186 in-car video systems for HPD. Item 17 approved election precincts and polling places for the November election. Early voting starts October 23rd. Item 19 reestablished the roadside ditch maintenance program. Previously, the city's responsibility in 2001, the city began forcing residents to maintain their own ditches and are now taking back that responsibility. Councilmember Peck began a similar program since deactivated using District A service funds. She appreciates the reactivation of the program, but said most of the money will be used in only one part of town. I'm presuming she means District B. She understands that this part of town is historically underserved, but said this new program is not equitable or data-driven. She asked, at the very least, to be allowed to reactivate her District A ditch maintenance program. Mayor Turner said today's agenda item does not restrict funding. It only reactivates the citywide ditch maintenance program. He encouraged council members to work with Houston Public Works to identify areas that need help. Councilmember Kamen said District C has the most ditches and that it is important to focus on the areas with the greatest need first, but emphasized that the program will be expanded. She said this is the first bite of a much bigger apple. All open ditches are going to be evaluated over the next two years, and then all ditches will be on a rotating five-year maintenance cycle. She wants to do sidewalks next, which would be great. Items 20 and 21 accepted grant funding from the state 1.1 million and 369,000 respectively for programs addressing homelessness. Item 23 awarded a $323,000 construction contract to begin work on Evola Park in District B, which is going to get a new playground, walkways, benches, grading, draining, and underground water detention. Item 26 approved a contract with the Houston Community Tool Bank 
funding provided by districts A, B, C, D, F, and G, who can also make requests for tools to be purchased by the tool bank. This funding will also allow the tool bank fee to be waived in some cases. Item 27, approved using $2.6 million of an equipment purchasing fund for HPD to buy some laptops, body cams, miscellaneous hardware and software, cloud services, AV equipment. Item 28, approved using $1.8 million from the same fund to replace body armor vests and rifle plates. Item 42, approved using $5.6 million of the Dedicated Drainage and Street Renewal Fund, or the DDSRF for, quote, project management and staff augmentation, technical services and support, and engineering design services, end quote. Councilmember Knox made his usual objection to using the DDSRF to pay for anything other than actual construction. Councilmembers Knox and Kubosh voted no. The item still passed. All right, there were three big-ticket, highly-discussed items today, and the first of those is item 29, basically a bailout for the Houston B-Cycle Bike Share Program. So we'll talk about that first. Houston Bike Share is the nonprofit which runs the B-Cycle program that allows bike rentals from stations across the city, and they are struggling. Metro is going to integrate the program using a new vendor into their transit system starting next summer. So until then, Item 29 approved $500,000 to maintain the remaining 60 B-Cycle stations. There were up to 150 in the heyday. There was so much discussion. Councilmember Knox characterized this as a bailout for a failing corporation. Councilmember Gallegos clarified that Metro only plans to start maintaining 20 stations and then increase from there. He also said the bike share program will keep dockless bike share businesses out of Houston, which are a nuisance because people leave those bikes everywhere. He said, quote, it would have been very shameful if we lost this, end quote. Councilmember Martin said no one likes riding bikes in the summertime, but the upcoming nicer weather will increase ridership. Martin alleged people would start leaving the remaining B-cycles all over the city if this transition funding is not provided. On a little aside, I take a little umbrage with no one likes riding bikes in the summertime because it doesn't take into account the people who use those bikes for things other than leisure, like to get to work. Moving on. Councilmember Peck took issue with charging B-cycle users a fee when taxpayer dollars support the program. Mayor Turner explained that the $500,000 alone is not sufficient for B-Cycle to continue. They need to be supplemented. Councilmember Thomas generously supported this item, even though the West Side has no bike share stations, which she does hope will change once Metro takes over. Councilmember Pollard asked, is the end user actually using the bikes? A resounding yes was heard in the chamber. He then asked why B-Cycle was failing. Mayor Turner couldn't offer a solid answer, but did agree the current model isn't working. Pollard said, quote, I'm going to follow your lead on this one, end quote, but he didn't sound very happy about it. Councilmember Evan Shabazz took this opportunity to go on record giving a pro-bike message. This received many loud LOLs. Please see her fight against the Blodgett Street Bike Lanes for context. Councilmember Alcorn advocated for corporate sponsorship of the bike share program. Councilmember Gallego said 300,000 people used B-Cycle bikes last year. When some council members complained about defunct B-cycle stations being an eyesore, Gallegos encouraged them to just be patient because it makes no sense to rip them out and reinstall them later. He also said that council members pushed B-cycle to install stations in their districts, perhaps contributing to unsustainable growth. Council members Huffman, Kubosh, Peck, and Knox all voted no. This item still passed. Next up is item 46 which was updates to the building code, finally. Surprisingly, the public hearings leading up to this vote were some of the most interesting I have ever been privy to. 
but today was not a public hearing. Today, item 46 approved updates to chapter 42 of the building code. The planning department has been working with the Livable Places Action Committee for three years to provide a wider variety of homes with a wider variety of price points, focusing on affordability, equity, and walkability. The updates address four main areas. Number one, second dwelling units like garage apartments. Number two, multi-unit homes like fourplexes. Number three, courtyard style development. And number four, narrow lot development, which encourages the use of alleyways and shared driveways. Councilmember Kamen remarked on the protection of the public realm, which includes streets. She advocated for future code updates to address parking on streets, a public safety concern that also damages roadways. She praised the ability of accessory dwelling units, or ADUs, to help people stay in their homes who might not be able to afford them otherwise, and ADUs means garage apartments, basically. Councilmember Kubosh cryptically, and might I add unhelpfully, warned of unintended consequences. Councilmember Thomas praised this code update that will allow different housing options for those who need it. She shared a quote, public service is difficult and it's supposed to be because it forces us to be deliberate in how we offer resolution. Councilmember Kubosh voted no, this item passed. And lastly, for today's big three, item 48, money to relocate people out of the fifth ward cancer cluster. Item 48 established a $5 million fund to help voluntarily relocate residents living above the creosote plume in Cashmere Gardens and in a three block radius around the Union Pacific Railroad site. From the supporting document, this is a quote, the plan may include an offer to purchase property at fair market value, along with relocation assistance services to help find a comparable replacement dwelling. Relocation assistance may include advisory services, replacement housing payments, rental assistance payments, and moving expenses." End quote. Councilmember Plummer heartily supported this item and advocated for decisions going forward to be made with community involvement. Mayor Turner outlined the backstory of the Fifth Ward Cancer Cluster and said this voluntary relocation program has been in the works for about a year. He said, quote, Houston has a moral obligation to provide people with an option, end quote. The details of the plan will, of course, be worked out in collaboration with the community. Turner and others cast aspersions at Union Pacific, who has not accepted responsibility for any of the harm caused. Councilmember Thomas applauded this nationally unprecedented action and said American mayors should take note. They have power and leverage, and they should use it and use this action as a model going forward. The people who choose to relocate will be able to retain equity in their homes, still live in their city, and have an improved quality of life. Lastly is the councilmember pop-off. Many council members wish Mayor Turner a happy birthday. I will as well. Councilmember Castix Tatum plugged National Night Out events on October 3rd. Councilmember Robinson plugged a Love Our Parks Festival in Independent Heights on Saturday. Councilmember Evan Shabazz looks forward to TSU homecoming on Saturday, but is concerned about traffic problems because of those pesky Blodgett bike lanes. Regarding National Night Out events, she said she wishes she could clone herself so she could attend them all. And that was the meeting. I thank all of our Patreon supporters. That link is patreon.com slash emilytakesnotes if you would like to join there. You will get a shout out on this podcast. And I also thank ACLU Texas for their support. This podcast has music by Joe Wozni and it was produced by Connor Clifton. That's it for this week. I'm Emily Hines and I thank you for listening.